This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where, of course, in this edition, we will be talking about Tottenham's 2-1 home defeat against Liverpool. I've got three very special guests to talk about the game. Uh, back with us is impressionist Darren Altman. Darren, how are you? Oh, I'm uh, absolutely top of the world tonight, Chris. Great. How are you doing? <laughs> yes. We've also got channel regular Craig back with us. Craig, how are you? I'm all right. Thanks, Chris. I'm all right. Can't wait to get into this. Can't wait to get into this. I don't think it was as bad as people may. I'm going to try, try and spin a bit of positivity tonight. But uh, I don't think it was as bad as everybody might think it was. And I'm delighted to bring on Chris Babin, uh, of course, TV presenter for the very first time. Chris, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, stolen a couple of my uh, eldest son's flags to, to drape behind me to get in the spirit of it. But yeah, no, delighted to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks for coming. And uh, Chris, because it's your first time on the channel, um, can you tell us why Spurs for you? What, what, what got you into supporting Tottenham Hotspur? 
So it was a little bit random, really. Like my dad wasn't into football, um, so I didn't have like a, the logical progression of of a, of a team. And uh, one of my sort of closest pals when I was about seven or eight was a Spurs fan, so I just adopted that. And then it's been, uh, however many years of misery that is, you know, thirty odd plus uh, thirty four years of uh, of disappointment. But it was around the sort of like late 80s, early 90s, you know, that, you know, Lineker, Gascoigne, Mabbert, you know, all of that. And it was, you know, I think there's some great football and, and obviously won the, the FA Cup around that time, 1991, whatever it was. And uh, yeah, that was it. That's it. You're in. So yeah, not, not, um, not maybe the most obvious reason to follow it, but yeah, here I am. Is he there? Chris? Hello. Well, Chris, we're actually the same age and, uh, of course, we have seen the same amount of trophies or lack of them. So, uh, But we will come on to talk about that later on. Um, now, of course, uh, let's get straight into it. Um, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Liverpool 2. Darren, did you want to say something? Me? Um, I mean, I think, like I said when we were just chatting on air, I mean, there's a lot of positive to take away. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're well behind us, Chris. I think I think because when Chris stopped talking there, you was about ten seconds before you started for some reason. Oh, definite delay, definite delay. <laughs> um, oh, I'll keep talking this. Um, um, I, I think that we're definite positives to take, and I like your um, your sort of outlook, uh, Craig. You know, so I like your optimism, mate. But um. For me, uh, as I said um, uh, before, I think we're masters of our own downfall. A lot of positivity. We played some great football uh, in the second half. But, you know, it's just that old thing, isn't it? We can go round in circles until it gets sorted. If if, if we're um, if we don't come out, like I said, we, we didn't have a shot on goal for 15 minutes. Not a single shot at the goal for 15 minutes. And so what do you do with that? You know, it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, Chris has gone. So, um, well, Gary I, in his I, absence. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think it was. Um, oh, you're back. There you go, Chris. You're right. You can you hear us all now. It's going to be one of them days. I can feel it. <laughs> um, I, I'm in. I'm in a car park, a short walk away from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, I was going to say, of course, Tottenham Hotspur one, Liverpool two. Two goals from. Most Salah in the first half. Kulusevski came on. Uh, instant impact from him setting up Harry Kane in the 70th minute. Spurs are now down to fourth in the Premier League. We now have 26 points from 14 games. Harry Kane has just said, we deserve a second goal. It's a tough feeling right now. Antonio Conte said, we deserve much more. Uh, Klopp said, winning here is really, really difficult. Um, Darren, let's start with you. Your thoughts on today's game? Sorry, I'm I'm uh, I'm repeating myself, mate, because I had a little ramble when when you went off air. Um, very quickly, I think that um, there's some a lot of positives to take uh, from the game. The second half, great performances, but you know, if you don't have a shot at goal for 15 minutes, then you know it, we're going round in circles with this. Conte actually said, I've got the quote here. Um, uh, Oh, no, I was shouting at the TV. I didn't write that one down. Uh, he actually said um, that he's pleased because we, we came out and attacked from the start. And I thought, no, we didn't. We got, you know, we got played played for 15 minutes. So I, I might be watching a different game than him. Chris, let's come to you. What is it about 
Tottenham Hotspur in these first halves? I don't know. I, I mean, I the, it, the only thing you could put it down to is it's a, it's a mentality thing. It's a psychology thing because it's not or, or, or they need a, like, do they only play after receiving a, a, a rollicking? You know, like because obviously, like every half time, that dressing room must be getting turned upside down, you would assume. Like, judging by the character, I mean, we don't know, obviously, but judging by the character that he is, you know, that passion and, and, you know, how he wears his heart on his sleeve and and how forthright he is, I can only assume that they are getting properly dressed down. And you can read into little things, you know, like he's sending them out very early. You know, we're always out much before the the other team um, as of late, um, which some people assume is is following on from a, from a bit of a rocket um so maybe maybe that half time team talk needs to come at the beginning but it can only be a mentality thing because when we are you know we are and i don't think today's first half um i know Darren, you know the, the first 15 minutes yeah maybe but actually it wasn't the worst first half performance that we've seen um from tottenham recently but nevertheless we are still significantly better in the second half. You know, we are almost two completely different teams. And what that is down to, I don't know. I would imagine everybody there, you, because every, it's it's such, it's so obvious and such common knowledge that it must be being spoken about within the group of players and, and the management team. It must be something that they are all very, very aware of. And you would assume trying to do everything within their power to change that. But for some reason, it's not, happening is it like it's marginally better today I think to be fair to them but still not it's not you know we are a good yeah Kulisevsky made a big difference when he came on um and I think you know we did lack from from a bit of pace up top with with Perisic and Kane and Kane today but we had opportunities but yeah I don't know but hopefully we, we've got to it as we get further you know further into the Champions League because you don't you know there's there's you could go. You could half time. It could be done. You know. You could be so far out of it that that, that, that it, there is no coming back. So it needs to be rectified. But what they do, I, I don't know. If I knew, I'd be on Conte's five or six million pound a year. Well, Chris Anthony writes now um, one win in twenty um, against Liverpool. Just so embarrassing. We always seem to struggle against these big sides, either at home or away. Uh, the last time we beat Liverpool was the Wembley season when we thrashed them 4-1, yeah. uh, when, of course, they went out with their shopping list and identified their areas, centre-back, goalkeeper, uh, being two um, two main players for them. Um, what is it about us playing these big clubs and not getting the results? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Well, apart from City, and to be fair, last season, um, I think we probably deserved more than the point home and away against Liverpool. I think we probably played, we, we played really well against them if, if my ageing memory serves me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We just don't seem to, well, but we could also not turn up against lesser teams as well. We could not turn up against anyone, can't we? It's, that is in our DNA, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, listen, you know, they're, they're having a bit of a wobble this season, but you, you can't, you know, they're very, very, they are a very, very good side. And Mo Salah, you know, Took, took his chances and one of them was was a mistake you know I don't think they I don't think they created lots and lots of clear-cut chances today yeah. I don't think they outplayed us 
even in the first half, they, they weren't. They didn't blow us away. You know, they were. They were probably the better side in the first half, and obviously two goals to the good. But actually, you know, they, they, they. I don't think we were that bad, and I don't think they were that good. But it's just, yeah, it's just that they got they got over the line today and, and took their chances, and and that's that's that, you know. But we had plenty of chances. Hit the post, hit the bar, cut, you know, potentially a a, a a penalty and a half shout. You know, on a different day, it's it's a it's a different. You know, I think the point. To be fair, I would think the point would probably have been the fair result. Yeah, I'm probably slightly biased or very biased, but there we go. Craig, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a shame we can't uh, schedule like a 45-minute friendly before the match starts, and then we might actually start playing from the beginning. <laughs> um, but, but you know, the as Chris said there, you know, we. We are going to get punished. I mean, we did get punished today. Let's face it, against a better team. You know, you could, we did it okay against Bournemouth and Marseille, and it's, it was it was different against Liverpool today. You know, they always give us a game. Um, typically, that's the first away win in the league they've had this season. Um, if it, it showed in that second half, the wing backs were pushed up a bit further. You know, the whole, in fact, the whole team was playing playing ten yards further up the pitch, and there was more. There was more energy. There was more dynamism. There was more desire. I think. I think from the whole team to get forward, and it, and it's like they do need a kick up the bum, whether that be at half time or to go a goal down. Which you you know, as I say, you're going to get found out about that. And it was frustrating. Me and Darren swapped a few messages before the game, and I think we both agreed that you know we had to start fast. You know. Uh, like like we did. Do you remember under the Potch days, we used to start fast almost every game and that's what yeah. we need back. And I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, when we get that right, when we start to start fast from the beginning, then we will blow teams away and then we will have a chance because we, you're right, we have got to improve against the uh, so-called big six teams because it's just not good enough because you, you're just going through the season looking at those games like today you think well you could put a bit of a statement out today and again we've fallen short so more work to do more work in the transfer market to do but I think I'm right in saying we're almost barring a massive goal swing we're guaranteed to stay in the top four now until the premiership resumes is that right so you know let, let's not be too down if we're still in the top four come come boxing day then we build on from that. So, oh, there you go. So, I think, man, you've only got one more game left. So, unless there's a massive collapse by us and a massive win by then, we're going to finish in the in the top four before the World Cup starts. So, that's, um, you know, be grateful for small mercies there. But yeah. uh, a lot of work to do still. Um, and a lot of, you know, you, you did, we'll come on to it. But I think the substitutions changed the game as well, Chris. Of course they did. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Darren, are you feeling happy? As a Spurs fan right now, um, you know the, the season overall. Um, are you are you being entertained enough? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you can moan and groan as much as you want, but the table doesn't lie, and we're like Craig said, you know, we're fourth. Um, but it's just the, it's the style of play, and I don't want to sort of moan and start you know, slating Conte because that's just a stupid thing to do because I wouldn't want anyone else. But this thing about Sorry to repeat myself. This thing about starting fast. Harry Kane said today uh, when he was interviewed, he said, that's our story of the season so far. And it's like, well, rectify it. Just move it forward. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And, you know, every time 
something like this happens, I always sort of think, well, don't worry, we'll fix it the next game, we'll fix it the next game. Well, this is like five, six, seven games in a row that we we haven't played and we go a goal down and then start playing. So it's like, well, it's either a tactic that he's that he's employing, sit back, assess the situation, uh, you know, lovely crossfield balls, try and hit them on the break, or he's not saying that. And yet he, uh, Harry Kane said... Um, he mentioned the pressure, the ten- he said the tension around the stadium when, when a player gives the ball away. That was his words. So at home, they're obviously feeling it. You know, say so, someone slips up and you get, oh. So is it is it either a tactic that Conte's employing or is it a fear that the players have got instilled in them at this moment where they're afraid, afraid to make a mistake and they're just playing it safe side to side and back because they don't want to... Um, play it forward, risk losing, and have. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what. I don't know the reason. Be very interesting to know what the reason is. If someone within inside the camp says yes, that's a tactic that Conte is telling us that we need to sit tight for X amount of time, or he doesn't say that, and it's just something within our team at the moment. It'd be being interesting. Don't know what you guys think. I think it was a very strange atmosphere inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today. The first 45 minutes, the Spurs fans were extremely quiet. Um, booze again at half-time. Um, the amount of booze that we've had at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the last couple of years has just been unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, a very strange atmosphere. Um, uh, players like Emerson Royale um, were, were, were jeered um, a few times with, with his crosses. Um, Chris, let's come to you on the same point. Are you happy? As a Spurs fan, um, you know, Conte, of course, has been in charge now for 12 months. Um, but overall, the type of football that we play, have you been happy this season? I mean, like, sort of yes and no. I mean, obviously, our expectations are probably, you know, moderated. But um, because it's not like we were, we were, you know, yeah, you know, the football under Poch was, was absolutely exhilarating. And, you know, apart from that, obviously, that last season. Um, but it's stressful watching Spurs, isn't it? At a minute, you know, I mean, they've given me a touch in the arm. Uh, I think I've, I've, I can subscribe a few grey hairs to them. But I suppose on the one hand, you know, it's very entertaining because it's always down to the wire, isn't it? You know, and and those, and that is, you know, that is something that I think we can really hold on to and be positive about. How often previously have we had those? 90 plus minute winners and we've had three in the last four games one was obviously ruled out but but that's not top you know that's not something that we were renowned for you know so there are some significant improvements in and they are playing their socks off you know they are fine you know yes we want it for 94 minutes not 48 minutes but but they are they are going down to the absolute wire. They are not giving up. They are fighting to the bitter, bitter end, which is, I think, something that we should be really pleased about, really grateful for. People would say that that's the minimum you can expect, but that's not always been the case. So I think we have to accept that that, that is a, a good step forward, a good move forward. I think, you know, the, the, the development of some of our players has been exceptional. I mean, Hoiberg, I mean, he's... he's, he's He's starting to twist and turn and knock the ball around and do things that you didn't think were in his his locker, really. You know, I think he's he's having a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous season. Bentacore is just, I think, you know, he's been a revelation this season and, and something that, that we can, like, it's just today, like, 
three players around him. Boom, boom, boom. Like he just, I mean, he's just mm. fabulous, yeah. isn't he? Really beautiful player and 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 a joy to watch and get and uh, he appears to be getting better every game. I think we saw we've seen a bit more of Basuma today, actually, and I liked what I saw there. Um, I think actually, you know, he's he, I, I, he's he, you know, he'll take time to settle in and, and obviously he's not he's not sort of first choice in there or or you know, not necessarily you know, always going to play because it depends on the system that Conte plays. But actually, I'm really impressed with him today. I thought he did really well. Um, but yeah, are you enjoying it? Yes and no. You know, this obviously is some fairly horrendous, you know, uh, afternoons, isn't there? But, um, but I, you know, I think we've got lots of reasons to be positive and, and we have to cling to that. And I think, you know, it's, I know it's hard and I, I know, and, and I'm, uh, we're all guilty of it, you know, the, the groaning and the, oh, all of that. But but it, but if if 60-odd thousand people are all doing it in unison, it must have an impact on the players, mustn't it? But then we're all also all entitled to be annoyed if Emerson overhits or underhits yet another cross or whatever, you know, it's, you know, or the, or the you know, slip up by the, you know, Larice or whatever, you know, we're entitled, we, you know, we're entitled to be frustrated by the same token. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about Emerson Royale shortly. Um, Craig, Gavin writes now, frustrated is the word. Um, how are you feeling as a, as a Spurs fan, um, you know, so far this season? Because Spurs are sitting in fourth. If I'd have said to you at the start of the season, uh, going into the World Cup, Spurs will be fourth. Would you have been happy with that? I probably would have been, to be honest with you. Yeah, I probably would have been. Um, because, because it's like I've used this analogy on the Golf Channel. Uh, on the golf channel, on your channel before, as regards go- a golf score, they say there's no pictures on a scorecard. You know, you could make a par, and the, the, you don't know how you've got the. You could have hit one way right, way left, chipped on and pay, or even chipped in, and, th- and that's kind of what Spurs are. If you showed somebody a league table that knew nothing about how anybody had played, you say, "Oh, that's a pretty good position," considering where Spurs were this time last year. So, you, you know, as I say, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I just think we we have had injuries. It just shows that the squad depth and the play, more more importantly, the, the players um, Conte trusts are just not there because the players we brought in over the summer, the player obviously Benton Kur and uh, Kudelshevsky, Kudelshevsky coming back today just proved how important he is and much more dangerous we looked going forward once he was in place. Um, it's massive. And, it, you know, for whatever reason, Conte doesn't trust certain other players to come on. He does, you know, Brian Brian Hill, I think he's, he's looked good when he's come on in parts this season. Obviously, he didn't want to bring him on today. I thought he, he might have got a run today. Um, but the squad depth just isn't there. And when you lose big players like Sonny, like Richarlison, Romero at the back today, you know, it's going to, it's going to bite on on any team except perhaps a Man City. You know, you look, you look at that mob down the road. They've not really had massive injuries yet, have they? We've we've had to deal with four or five key players that have been been out for a number of games, and I think that's important to remember. So, and we're just we're at a different part of this process. I know people don't want to hear it, and you were saying about the the crowd jeering and, and, and booing. I get it. I get it. It's their right to boo. I don't think it really helps. And I don't think it's that bad to warrant boos. I think the players know exactly how bad the first halves have been. I don't think, you know, I don't, I just don't think booing, there is a place for it. Sometimes I get it. I totally get it. I've never done it myself, but you know, it's just that, 
the frustration is written all over the players' faces sometimes, you see. And I'm not convinced they know why they're sitting back. Because everything you hear, Conte is not telling them to, to sit back. So it is a really, really bizarre one why we do it game after game. And it's almost like they they got the handbrake on in the first half. It's almost like like you said, they're just telling them to sit back, sit back, conserve energy, conserve energy, go out and win the second half. You know, and if we're nil-nil at half-time, then so be it. But we inevitably seem to be at least a goal down, don't we, at the break? So it, it's just that you can't keep doing that. It's, it's not sustainable. So going back to your question, am I happy? We are through to the last 16 in the Champions League for, I think, the sixth time in our history. We are fourth in the Premier League, almost guaranteed to be going into the World Cup. We're still, at the moment, in the Carabao Cup and obviously FA Cup. So everything's still up for, for grabs. And... I'm not massively unhappy, but things do need to change. And I think we're going to have a, a decent, or I hope we're going to have a decent transfer window to sort out those those holes and those cracks in the squad. Just very quickly, Craig, um, you're the first one who mentioned that lot down the road. Are you worried about them? Because, you know, I think, I think all of us expected it to uh, go wrong at some point, but they seem to be winning, winning, winning at the moment. Um, I'm no, uh, because again, I've said here before, it's mildly annoying when they win something, but uh, to be honest, I try and concentrate on Tottenham, and I'm lucky that I haven't got that many Arsenal friends, you know, so because most of my mates are sensible, you know, and so, so I, I haven't got that many gooners, so uh, it's obviously there, it's like an, an it's like a rash, you know, it's an annoying rash. It sometimes itches and you really have to scratch it sometimes, but it doesn't really annoy me because I'm still convinced they're going to blow up at some point. I don't think it's sustainable. And if Arsenal do finish second, because I don't think they're going to win the Premiership, I really don't, then, you know, you have to stay so far. I know this isn't an Arsenal channel, God forbid, I'd never be on one, but they have been playing well. But I have to say today, I thought Chelsea were appalling, absolutely appalling. They almost rolled over. And don't forget, I think Arsenal have kind of been um, Chelsea's sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, opponent that they always come across and they always struggle against for some reason, you know. So yeah. they, they have had some good results there. But Chelsea were appalling today. But, you know, hey-ho, let's not think about Arsenal too much. Yeah. Let's uh, concentrate on Tottenham. Well, let's talk about Tottenham starting 11 today. Hugo Lloris in goal. Uh, of course, Antonio Conte went with a 3-5-2. Lloris in goal. The back three of Dyer, Lengley and Davis. The wing-back, Sessegnon and Emerson Royale. In midfield, Benton, Kerber, Suma and Hoybier. And the front two of Harry Kane and Ivan Perisic. And then the subs today, Doherty, Skip, Sanchez, Brian Hill, Forster, Kulisevsky, uh, of course, returned. Um, Tanganga, Mora and Saar. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Any surprises in that starting eleven today? Not really. I think it was as we expected. Obviously, um, great to see uh, Kulishevsky and Lucas on the bench. Um, I mean, I take it they weren't fit enough to play the whole 90, so bringing them on was perfect. Um, I thought that, yeah, it was it was a good a team as I expected, injuries uh, aside. Um, I thought that um, Perisic, despite hitting the bar, that sort of header that came off his shoulder and, think not, and he went on, on the bar, I thought that wasn't his position, really. It looked quite flat, quite static. And as soon as he was swapped back onto the left, 
um, in the second half. He's just he just felt more comfortable. He could make runs. He could hit balls on the angle. He could beat people. He just looks much more comfortable going forward. But I thought the Kane um, Perisic didn't work up front. I wouldn't like to see that again. Um, I just thought he looked so static and it just it doesn't like things coming to feet. He's more happy on the wing. Um, Cessignon, I thought. I thought his, his endeavour was good. I thought his end product, his end decisions were um, a bit frustrating today. Didn't really, his end product didn't really deliver, you know. Um, I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know what he does in training. I mean, he looks sort of good up to, up to a point. And then it sort of all goes a little bit tits up for, for him. Um, what else did I think? Um, Basuma, um, as has been said, I thought had a really good game. Really nice chat tackles, interceptions, winning the ball. Benton Core, we're so lucky to have him. Great to see him again. I mean, it was. I think it was as good as it could be. But as has been said, you know, you, you know, you 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 think back to when we had Kane and Son, um, Kulishevsky, uh, Richarlison. I think needs more time to bed in. We haven't really seen what he can do yet. But you know, when we've got the, the playmakers on the pitch, then we can start creating. But I thought there wasn't a lot of options creativity creatively today. It was all quite static. I thought it was all quite telegraphed. I didn't think Liverpool had to work too hard to defend what we were doing, to be honest. That's my thought. Chris, Chris let's come to you. Um, same question, really. Um, I suppose uh, Harry Kane had to play alongside Ivan Perisic. Conte didn't really have a choice because Kulishevsky uh, wasn't going to ever uh, start the game. And Conte said a couple of days ago in his press conference about Lucas Moura, um, were you happy with the starting eleven? And the question I ask every single guest on this channel is about the wing-backs. Are these mm. wing-backs good enough for Tottenham? Absolutely not. No, no. Uh, either either side, really. I mean, probably Emerson Royal probably gets the, the lion's share of the criticism and he's just, you know, he tries, you know, I think, you know he's, he, he tries his hardest and, and the, the, you know... He, his saving grace is he drives forward, actually, which is, you know, which is not something that always happens on the other side, actually. I think there is a, a more reluctance to, to sort of just, you know, knock the ball past and, and, and get into space or even make your run behind um, to receive that diagonal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 the dist as, as we've been saying for as long as he's been there, he's just, you know, that final ball, into the box where you know that moment where you just need that little bit of composure, it just is lacking time and time and time again, isn't it? You know, but I think to the, to, the, to be fair to to, to both Cessna and Royal today, at least they were they were getting forward, weren't they? Which actually, you know, going back you know over the past sort of four or five games, the, the ball ends up back at Dyer's feet nine times out of ten. You know, it gets it gets put out wide. And then he's, he's, he's at the centre back, saw the goalkeeper's feet within a, within a split second. And you're like, why has that happened? How, what's, what's going on here? You know, surely, even if you lose the ball, you know, just knock it, just even if it, it, it you know, I don't know what sort of success rate people would be happy with, but but if you were going in the right direction at the very least with there some was... conviction, people, I think people would forgive you a lot more. But then obviously it would come unstuck with that, with that final delivery that, that is consistently not good enough um, from from a multitude of players. But yeah, but he seems to play every week. He's, he's almost one of the... He's, he's as if he's, I don't know, he's like the third or fourth name on the team sheet, isn't he? You know, and that, and that says that there is a lack of trust 
with with the other. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, everybody's desperate to see Spence. I mean, I I I, I really like him. Brian Hill, I think you know he's he's just got so much tenacity, hasn't he? And he's just he's he's brave and he wants to try and you know get into those spaces and try things. Yes, he is he's a bit lightweight, does get knocked off the ball or slips over or you know sometimes tries a bit too much. But but you know yeah, I think I think everybody would be happy to try and see someone you know someone else really make that roll their own but who Royal so bad he made Doherty look good when he came on well this is exactly what I was going to say Chris let, let me come back to you because Emerson Royale as you've just said seems to be on the team sheet week in week out Doherty comes on in my opinion he actually looks like a right wing back and when you look at the bench today Spence isn't even on the bench yeah yeah yeah, I mean, and 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 Doherty, you know, pre-injury was was looking really good, wasn't he? You know, I think he 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 sort of cemented that place, hadn't he? Um, but he's he's struggling to get back in, and I don't know what you know. I can't imagine it's still fitness. Um, but yeah, I I don't think he's the answer, but he's certainly probably a, a step forward. Um, and I think if he had a an uninterrupted run of games. Um, you know, he would he would undoubtedly improve. Again, though, I think still suffers the same the same drawbacks sometimes. You know, that final ball, that final decision, um, and and less certainly less pace than Royal. But um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is down there. But but it's it's not working for sure. And in a system that is so heavily reliant on his wing backs, the fact yeah. that there is such a lack of consistency or confidence or I don't know whatever it is ability that it really sort of goes doesn't it like it's not like we're playing you know not that anyone does but you know 4-4-2 or whatever it is you know you've got the overlap or you've got two people doubling up although we started to seem to do that today actually Dyer started he had some really good um we put some really good balls in from the right hand side but he was coming in and overlapping and actually we ended up having three Free along that right hand side, didn't we? You know, um, when Kulisevsky came on, um, but um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's an issue and it, it, it needs addressing because if that's if that's the system that he wants to play in it, and it very much is the system that he wants to play, but you know, we need those players to be firing on all cylinders, don't we? And then they're not, you know, in any way, shape, or form. Chris, very quickly on Cessna and Emerson, have you seen improvements from them this season? Sessignon probably a bit. Emerson not so much. I would say I don't think. I think he's he's always you know. I think defensively he's. I mean he, but he's not a right. You know, to you know, credit where credit's your. You know, in his defence, he's not a he's not a wing back. That's not his. his that's not what his role has been previously. He is trying to learn a new role. He is trying to develop into what Conte wants him to be. Um, so I don't know if he's sort of I don't know maybe he's improved marginally but but you you wouldn't put any amount of money on it on you know when he's got the ball and he's looked up into the box and he's you know trying to pick out that far post you like I mean you you have no faith in him whatsoever do you to to deliver that final ball or or do the or do the right thing so I don't, I don't it's difficult to say because obviously he's not really been he's not been a a, a sort of 
regular starter or or played a, a massive part in in a load of games. So you know he's been very you know unlucky with injuries and and sort of not not played a great deal. So but we probably have seen a, out of the two of them probably Sessegnon has probably come on a bit more. I don't, even think I don't even think it's just his final ball, Chris. I think that I think he's weak. I mean, Robinson skipped past him. It was like, <laughs> I mean, the amount of times people beat him ends up, you know. I just don't think he's got that. I'm sorry, I don't mean, I know, I know this isn't a, you know, this. And now the section of the show where we diss Emerson Royal. Well, um, I, I, I'll be honest, Darren. Um, I remember last season being at his um, his first ever game, Crystal Palace away, when we lost three nil. And there was a point um, where, of course, when a player makes their debut, you you watch them um, quite closely uh, to see what they're like. And whenever he got to a point, he always went back or sideways. He doesn't ever take the man on. And when I think back to that game uh, to now. I don't see any difference. And when you and me stood at the terrace at um, uh, Chelsea at the bridge, God, he was getting his ass handed to him that night as well. Oh, oh. But 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 I get what Chris is saying about he was um, a right back, and now Antonio Conte is trying to turn him into a right wing back. But um, when you see, um, you know, in my opinion, I think Matt Doherty is a far better right wing back than Emerson Royale. I know a lot of people say that defensively Emerson Royale is better, um, but you haven't even got Jed Spence on the bench, um, who, of course, Antonio Conte called a club signing. So I just think that, that area really needs looking at in the next uh, transfer window, whether it be in January or the summer. But um, as a lot of us have said, week in, week out, you know, when Antonio Conte relies on this system, it's so important to him, this system with the wing-backs. I'm just surprised that uh, we have got two players in Cessnion and Emerson that, that don't really fulfil the role that they should. Um, Craig, what have you made of um, Clement Lengley in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt so far this season? And the, the back three, <coughs> they got out Lengley and Davis. Does that fill you with confidence, that back three? Um, I think I think we've all seen that that's that's the back three you just had to go with today. I think Langley's a really good player. I, w- I wouldn't mind just trying to sign him uh, permanently, to be honest with you. I think he can, seems calm and fairly assured. I think he's got a, quite a cultured left foot on him. Um, seemed to marshal the defence quite well. That that back three was the one because I think Conte's seen that you just can't trust Sanchez anymore because Sanchez you, would have been Romero's backup essentially wouldn't he so it's kind of what you got to go with and he obviously doesn't fancy Tanganga there and if Tanganga's actually fit I'm sure he is I can't, can't remember if he was on the bench so he was today yeah so you know you'd think he would have given him a run if he likes the look of him so yeah he, he's we're kind of down to the bare bones at centre back um, but Langley yeah yeah I, I, really, I really like him um, let me just I do have to say something about Emerson Royale Chris I have to say something every show about Emerson Royale I knew you would now, firstly, I have to say, I thought he was magnificent, actually. No, that's too strong a word. I thought he was yeah. really good in the week. I thought in the, when he came on in the week, I thought he was great. Mm. Um, he did he, he did play probably his best game I've ever seen him play. However, they're few and far between. And today, again, he didn't offer anything going forward. And I do feel sorry for him because he, he does try. And there's no doubt in my mind that he is trying every single game 100%. And that's probably what Conte likes about him. He gives 110% every week. But he's just not good enough. And he's not a wing-back. It's probably easier, and I don't know this for sure, it's probably easier to turn a winger into a wing-back than a right-back into a wing-back sometimes, you know? Because it's so important to get forward 
and he's just not making those runs. He hasn't got it in, ingrained into him where to run and skip past people getting decent crosses. You know, we haven't really seen many decent crosses from him. So I just hope and I pray that Spence gets a run out on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever the game is Wednesday, isn't it? I just hope he gives Spence a run and Spence has an absolute blinder and then he's got a decision to make against Leeds and then hopefully he can work with him over the World Cup uh, and um, he'll get a decent run because I really hope Jed takes his chance if he's given one. Mm. Now, let's go through the instance in the game. Um, after three minutes, Nunez uh, forcing a good save from Hugo Lloris. Four minutes later, Nunez with an effort just wide. And then after 11 minutes, um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, Liverpool took the lead 1-0 through Mo Salah. Ball in from the left uh, and a wonderful finish from Salah. What did you make of the goal? Uh, I've, got the, um, I've got the dire goal in my, in my head. Uh, remind me of... Uh... Oh, Royal coming... Yeah, so I think I think it, I've got down here on my notes that that Royal um, Royal came inside. He he sort of left his position, and Nunes had so much joy on that right hand side. I mean, I sort of put Royal uh, partly to blame for that one because he came right in. Like, I, I don't know what what he was doing, and in, in he, and Nunes had so much uh, space to put the ball in for Salah. I mean, I just thought it was an easy goal, and they kept on attacking that side. This is this is this is what we're talking about now. If 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 people know that he is our weak link, and that he's going to be the uh, you know the chink in our armor, balls are going to come down that side. And I think that um, Nunes had had a, had um, had a field day today. That's what I think well, about that goal. For the first fifteen minutes, they did have uh, a couple of opportunities. Um, Chris, let's yeah. come to you. Um, going into this game. Did you feel confident? Because Liverpool, um, up until today, they've played 12 in the Premier League. They'd won four, they'd drawn four, they'd lost four. Very, very inconsistent. Their fans, um, you know, were quite uh, frustrated by their performances because, of course, they beat the likes of Manchester City at home, um, mm. but lost their last couple against Nottingham Forest and Leeds. So how were you feeling going into this game? Were you expecting that Tottenham were going to go on the front foot and, and start really fast in the game? Yeah, sort of mixed, you know, obviously there is always that element of doubt with, with being a Spurs fan, but I was actually quite confident. And actually, even even at 2-0, I still thought we were going to get something. Maybe stupidly, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I, you know, with with Liverpool's issues, you know, and, the, and their, the, the form that they came into the, to the game, the fact that we were at home. Obviously, you did have to sort of counter that with the fact we were missing a few players that that, um, that probably would have, you know, you would have, if it was a full strength side, you know, you would have probably been more confident. But but no, I was I was confident going into the game, and I think, you know, coming and I felt we would might we you know, despite it would have required a Herculean effort in Marseille, and and the boys I'm sure were, were knackered, but I think they had a couple of days off, but. Um, but, but I felt that it would be a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a buzz about the place, you know, having secured qualification, winning the group, you know, coming back yeah. in that almighty way. You know, the, the, it feels like the team spirit is good there. You know, it feels like it's solid. Um, you know, they, they do look, you know, and we've, we've had this at times and we've definitely not had it at times where, you know, I, you know, I, I don't keep wanting to hark back to, to the, to the pot era, but it was like, it felt like a family. And I and I'm yeah. starting to get that feeling a bit with the with the guys now. You know that they are all in it together and they're fighting for each other. And I think they're they're you know as as we can see you know with the, with the results 
you know that are coming so late on you know that that requires a lot of grit and determination and team spirit and you've got to play for each other to to get those results otherwise you crumble you know you go two nil down and and there's there's rifts and problems and and cliques and all of that sort of stuff you know you just fall apart and we're not doing that so that tells me that there's a really good spirit there i think they all love conte um and and i felt that 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 you know the the, the sort of qualification might have given us a bounce and Liverpool coming in with, with a lack of confidence. I, f- I did feel good. I felt confident, I must admit. But here we are. Uh, you know, but you also know that if, when a team is in need of a win, you know, we are the team to play, aren't we? You know, we haven't won for, uh, you know, 20, uh, haven't won away for 30 years. Oh, there we go. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Let's, uh, let's put that right. You know, so it's, uh, you have all these nagging doubts in the back of your mind as a Spurs fan, haven't you? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, Chris. There's, there's two terms I hate as a Tottenham fan, and, and one is Doctor Tottenham, yeah. and uh, the other one is Spursy. I a- absolutely hate both of them. Um, Chris, let's stay with you. After 16 minutes, Spurs had uh, their first chance. Good ball in from Emerson, and big up Emerson Royale because uh, it's nice to see him play a ball forward for once. Uh, to Harry Kane, who crossed for Ivan Perisic, uh, hit the post. Uh, Hoybier with a shot on target as well straight after, comfortable for Alisson what have you made of uh, Ivan Perisic in a Spurs shirt since he joined? Um, I think when he first came over I thought my god this guy is amazing like every ball he put in went exactly where you wanted it to go and every time he's on the pitch and Son is lining up to take a corner you're pulling your hair out. You're like, what? You, like, what? Either side, like his his delivery. He, I think he has gone off the boil a little bit over the last maybe sort of few games. Um, and then obviously he was playing out of position today. But I think he's, I, I think he's brilliant. I think you know he, he's got, he's got a calmness. He's got a composure. He's got a real determination. You know, I mean, like in the second half when he was fighting back to win those, but like he was, he was. I, I felt you know he, he was slightly out of position and. It was a slightly unnatural for him, but but he tried his he tried his best, and but he he never gives up on anything. I think he's he feels to be a great force around the place, you know. And I think some players have come out and mentioned how how much he he helps them, and you know his level of experience and quality and calmness is is I think a, a real attribute. And his delivery, for the most part, it has sort of gone. I think you know it has slipped a little. But he's, the, you know, my God, he he can he's, he can put the ball exactly where he wants, can't he? And that's just magnificent yeah. to see, isn't it? Um, and you just, yeah, you just hope it's bloody Kane on the end of it. Then you know that's the you know that's the only hope, isn't it? Because he, you know, it's not always. But um, but yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I think he's he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Craig, let's come to you. After 19 minutes, Perisic uh, won the ball back, played it to Ryan Sessegnon. Alexander-Arnold um, seemed to push him in the back. Um, the Spurs fans inside the stadium were calling for a penalty. Was it a penalty? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I saw it from all three angles on the telly. And I think Graham Zinnis was right. One of them looked like a Stonewall penalty and one of the others, not so sure. So, put it this way, I've seen them given... Um, Cess did go down at the slightest touch but I've seen, I've seen him given Chris if, if I was referee in the game and I'm not a referee I'm not sure I would have given that I just think it wasn't wasn't enough quite enough there I mean it, perhaps in another area of the pitch it might be one of those that you might get a foul for but it's, it wouldn't be 
given in the penalty box. It's probably the right decision for me. The refereeing does seem to be very inconsistent, though, because when you look at that penalty given in the Nottingham Forest game yesterday for very, very minimal contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're dead right. All we want is consistency, you know, exactly, exactly that. And it clearly isn't, is it, across the board? But, you know, when you've got humans involved, <laughs> there's always going to be... Um, differences in games, sadly. And, you know, it's the way football's always been, isn't it? And I don't think you're ever going to eradicate that unless you make the whole system totally automated by some robot, which is never going to happen. So, mm. it, look, it is what it is. Um, in my opinion, Perisic should have gone in a bit stronger for his header in the first place, that one uh, with, with Alisson. That, to be fair, it was on target and it hit Alisson, so I'd say it was unlucky. But, you know, if he'd gone with a bit more conviction, I think we, we'd have... He just scored it. There's no doubt about it. So um, swings and roundabouts. I think in terms of, if sorry, just to quickly interject. I think in terms of that penalty, you mentioned in a different area of the pitch, it, it might be given. I think even in a different area of the box as well. I think the fact that he was sort of running out. You know, he wasn't yeah. like directly yeah. in front of goal. He was. He looked like he'd run out of pitch anyway. And so I think that maybe if it was a bit further, if it was five yards back then 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 maybe it's a different story but it, it would have been a soft mm. penalty but one we would have been delighted to have for sure was it a penalty for you then chris I, it could have been it could like it wasn't it wasn't not a penalty like he didn't die like he definitely made contact he does lean into him he does extend his arm it's yeah. through his mistake as well that they end up in that position so his his motivation is even greater um so I, I think it could, it, it would have been, a, it, I think it was a, it could have been a penalty, but a little bit of a soft one. But yeah, are you, they have been given, but not, not in, but I don't think it's a travesty that it wasn't. It wasn't a stonewall penalty that, that, you know, we missed out on for sure. Darren, let's come to you. I'm going to come to yeah. you. As apologies. I'm going to come to you on the other Liverpool goal now. On the 40th minute, uh, of course, Liverpool went 2-0 up. Uh, dire mistake. Uh, Mark writes on the screen now. It's the same players making the same errors. Um, Salah chipped Hugo Lloris for 2-0. What did you make of that goal? I mean, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know whether he was trying to really head it firmly. Someone just, sorry, I got distracted because someone written, that Darren guy looks like he headbutts blokes in pubs. He says, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, um, I don't know whether he was trying to give it back to um, uh, Lloris or what he was doing. I don't know whether it hit his head and then his shoulder. I'm not sure, but he's like Lloris, isn't he? He's always got a mistake in him. We've seen this before. He has got form, Dyer. Um, it's one of those. It's just like, what are you doing? You know, and Salah's never going to miss those. Beautiful little chip over Lloris. Um, just another balls up, you know. He's it, 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 is it not with, with Eric Dyer? Um, I've got to say that for me personally, I always think that Eric Dyer turns a corner and he has so many good performances. And then something like this happens and you're thinking, oh, again. It's, I, I just think Dyer is so frustrating. I know, mm. and, and and he came out, and he, I think he had, as um, as Chris said, he had a hell of a second half. You know, he was overlapping and spraying yeah. beautiful balls. You know, he's like he, you know, beautiful balls to feet. Um, he, he had a really, really good second. I don't know whether that that balls up motive the goal motivated him or what, but you know, he's like we said, he's he's always got a mistake in him, and it's just like, oh, it's one of them. But I mean, to his credit, I thought you know he was he played so high today, he really did. 
thought he was going to have a nosebleed at one point. I've never seen him sort of so high up the pitch. But um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Isn't it? I just wish that um, people like Larice and Dyer would sort of eradicate that that from the game. I wonder if he gets it. I I, I wonder if he's. I mean, obviously, it's a mistake for sure. It is. And one that you know we could have really done without. But whether he either got a call from Larice or he was anticipating, he was expecting Larice to be further out of mm. his, you know, on the edge of his book, not on the edge of his box, but you know, much further out. Then you know, but yeah, it was. You just think, oh God, here we go again. You know, but, yeah. but then he did. But he did. You know, he did everything within his power to try and redeem himself. You know, was unlucky with a header as well um, at the other end and. He looked amazing on that right-hand side when he was coming up. You know, beating players, cutting in, sending them the wrong way, you know, putting and, and, you know, some lovely cross-field balls, as, as we know he's got in his locker, you know. You know, I, I know he gets a lot of stick. I, I love him. I think he's, 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 a, he's a brilliant servant and uh, and tries his hardest, you know, but obviously. But then our, our defenders are going to make mistakes when they have, you know, when you concede the the level of possession that we concede, you can't, you know, they're not infallible. You know, you can't give a team 70, 80%, you know, late 70% percent, percent possession and and not, you know, something's going to give, isn't it? You know. Well, in the 44th minute, Elliot had a shot from outside the box, which Lloris saved. And in the halftime stats... Um, Liverpool had 64% possession to Tottenham's 36. Uh, we had only had two shots on target, yet to have a corner in the first 45 minutes. Um, and then, as I said earlier, booze at half-time. Um, Craig, let's come to you. In the 48th minute, um, Tottenham had a corner. Um, Eric Dyer headed towards goal. Allison saved. Uh, a minute later, a brilliant pullback from Ryan Sessegnon. Perisic hit the crossbar. Um it was a great pullback by Sessegnon, and that is exactly what we we want to see more of him, isn't it? It is, as we were talking about earlier. The wing-backs are playing 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, which, which led to that. You know, we was on the front foot. And I genuinely think, even with that team we had out today, once we play on that front foot and attack teams, you could see Liverpool shrinking back into themselves and thinking, crap, we've got a game on here. Mm. And just seeing Sess do that. I, I do like Sessegnon. I don't think he's... Well, he's certainly not the finished article. I don't think he's the answer. But there's something about it. I, I, I did watch a bit of him when he was at Fulham. And I, don't, I just don't think he's, at the moment, living up to that promise. But then again, he did play a bit further up the pitch for Fulham, didn't he, when he scored all those goals. So um, he's still learning a new role himself. But as we said before, these positions, these wing-backs, are the most important parts of a Conte team. And when they're firing... The whole team fires. Um, you know, it was it wasn't the easiest chance for Perisic, but I would imagine he'll be thinking he's got to do better there. That should have should have really been in the back of the net that one from Perisic. Mm. But good run by assessing on. I just wish he'd do it a bit more, Chris. To be honest, mm. should, should he have done better hitting hitting, hitting the woodwork twice? Um, I person personally, I think he should have gone as I say with a bit more conviction conviction for the header in the first half. Sec, that second one. I think if that had fallen to Harry Kane or Son, that would have been in the back of the net. But, you know, you've, you've kind of got a winger uh, as a makeshift striker there. So, mm. yeah, yeah, swings and roundabouts. But, I mean, he, he, um, you would be expecting a professional footballer to bury that. So, I think I should probably aim this question at you, uh, Chris. Uh, Eric Dyer for wing-back. <laughs> well, on that, 
on that 45 minutes, yeah, 100%. Why not? Ape is world class, isn't he? <laughs> Do you think you might get that chance at what one day? Well, I mean, who, who, who replaces him, I suppose, but you know, but uh. I mean, listen. I mean, he's a he's a he's a central midfielder, isn't he? I think by 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 trade, I think that's the, you know. So he, he's he's versatile, isn't he? He moves about. You know, he always takes responsibility, but does obviously have you know as everyone has mistakes. You know, you, I'm sure we've all played football and we've we've all made mistakes. You know, but but I, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of his. You know, but. Uh, and if if we you know the problem is is we we get we're getting punished by our mistakes aren't we you know because we are sitting back too deep and they they, they, they sort of become inevitable don't they at some stage or another you know but but yeah stick him on the right why not Darren let's come to you um, there seems to be a lot of people very unhappy with the um, the, the referee and the fourth official today, and straight after the game, uh, Fabio Prasci was having a big argument with the fourth official. What did you make of the officials today? Uh, got no complaints, really. I didn't. I, what, what were they arguing about? Sorry, I, I must have missed that. I've got, I, there wasn't anything that sticks out in my mind. <laughs> there, there were lots of decisions, and even even the Tottenham Hotspur fans in the second half were saying, who is the scouser in the back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that? What was that? What was that? What happened then? I was laughing. I can't see it on my mic. It, no. it was literally. It just seemed like decision after decision went Liverpool's way. Did you not feel that? Not really. That the one where they were singing. Um, I can't remember what happened. Who's the scouser in the black? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think there was a few. There was there was a foul or two. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think he stacked the game. To be honest, I didn't think he stacked the game. Like I said, I think we were masters of our own downfall. I don't think. I don't think it was. It was an integral part of why we lost today. You're, you're blaming the team rather than the referee, yeah? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I thought we were static. I thought there was no... um Until he brought um, Kulashevsky on, I thought there was no creativity. I thought it was all pretty much telegraphed. And um, and Liverpool coped with us rather well. I, did, I didn't think that we shook up any trees. There was no creativity. And until... Um, he brought Kulishevsky and Moore on and, um, and Dyer started knocking balls and overlapping. That's when the fun started. Um, but I thought up until that point, I thought we flattered to deceive today. Absolutely. Well, in the 51st minute, um, Tottenham Hotspur had a chance through Ryan Session. He shot wide. Six minutes later, Liverpool had a chance. Nunez uh, shot from 20 yards, comfortable for Hugo Lloris. Liverpool, after 60 minutes, uh, we gave the ball away. Liverpool were then on the break. Lucky it was offside. Three minutes later, Thiago uh, had time and space, hit a shot. Uh, just went wide from outside the box. After 68 minutes, Harry Kane went close with a header. And then uh, Antonio Conte brought off Emerson Royale and uh, uh, Ryan Session and brought on Matt Doherty and Dian Kulisewski. Uh, Chris, let's come to you. Um, great to see Dian Kulisewski back in action. Great to see who, sorry? Kulisewski. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, goodness me. And, and instant, instant, I don't, I think he was on the pitch for, for a minute or a minute and a half before, you know, assisting for Kane's goal. Um, and, and every time he looked, you know, he, he, he looked dangerous. Um, I think we needed to get him on the ball a little bit more. I think, you know, he had that sort of flurry of, of chances sort of cutting him. Um, and then, and then the, I don't think the play sort of came down his side for a while. But yeah, I think he, he, he sorely, sorely, we've missed him. Tremendously, um, I just hope that they haven't brought him back too soon, and and you know he's not going to be one of these sort of start, stop, start, stop 
um, things and, and and hopefully, you know, he, he manages to, to play one or both of the, the remaining games and then, you know, a Sweden, excuse my ignorance, Sweden in the World Cup? No. <laughs> They're not no. that good. That's Andy. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I will, we'll look forward to him hopefully, um, you know, having a really strong season, strong end to the season. But both him and Bentacore, wow. You know, where would we be without those two guys at a minute? You know, um, just they've, they've been uh, a real breath of fresh air and, and just just that bit of real quality. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, delighted to have him back on for sure. We'll come on to talk about the January transfer window, but it'd be nice to have a couple more rejects like that, Chris, wouldn't it? I know, I know, because you remember the, 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 you know, there was a bit of stick, wasn't there, when they, when they came? But a couple of absolute diamonds, and I think you know, have the potential to just get better and better and better. You know, so it's exciting. They're, you know, would yeah, definitely take take a couple more of those for sure. That yeah, that would be amazing. Craig, let's come to you. Now, Dian Kulisewski had such an impact so quickly in the 69th minute, setting up uh, and assisting Harry Kane, who, of course, finished uh, fantastically, um, you know, to bring back, uh, well, bring us back into the game and make it 2-1. Yeah, yeah, instant impact, as you say. Um, just seemed to lift not only the, the, the crowd, uh, but the whole team around him, you know, Kane, Kane and him kind of a, developed this telepathy, telepathy last season and it's, it's kind of continuing, isn't it? He just knows where Kane's going to run and that little ball he played through for that. I mean, that, that's the kind of ball we've been missing the, the games he's been out. Um, I think I think if, he, if, if he'd been able to give him a little bit longer, he might have even, um, we might have even nicked a draw out of this game, to be honest with you. I, I think he's that influential and can be that influential. He's... Um, what a what a sign! And like you say, we was all was probably all a little bit underwhelmed, weren't we? When you know on the final day, these two guys probably most of us had never heard of came in. But God, blimey! If they if they are, as you say, if they're rejects from Juventus, then just keep giving us rejects. You know, um, mind you, Emerson was a Barcelona reject, so I think I just have the Juventus ones rather than the Barker ones. <laughs> you can't help but mention Emerson Royale again, can you? Um, <laughs> now, in the 71st minute, Antonio Conte was given the yellow card. Four minutes later, Harry Kane was brought down in the penalty area. Another penalty claim, uh, particularly from the Tottenham Hotspur fans. Um, Darren, was that a penalty? Uh, I don't think so. He likes to do that, Harry Kane. I don't think that was a penalty that time, no. He's got that in his locker, hasn't he? I don't think okay. it was a penalty. No. Um, in, in the 82nd minute, Liverpool had a chance. Nunez hit the bar, but it was offside. A minute later, Benton Kerr with a header towards goal. No real power. Easy for Alisson. Um, and then in the 88th minute, Lucas Moura came on, went off. And then Tottenham's last chance of the game, really. Harry Kane with a header just wide. Chris, should he should Harry Kane have done better there to get Tottenham's equaliser? Oh, yeah. Or is that a bit hard? I, I, I thought it was gonna, I, you know, as it, as it as the ball was coming in, you think, yeah, this is it, you know, and the one where you know, uh, Bentacore and uh, I think it must have been Doherty at the far, you know, right at the far post. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh, if I if only. But yeah, I listen. You got, I, I, I far be from me to say Harry Kane should do anything better. You know, he's he's uh, he, but his touch is quite heavy still, Kane. You know, like I, I find, you know, he's scoring goals and he's he, you know he's 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 doing some amazing stuff and and his distribution is wonderful and he's dropping deep and you know when he's on the turn and just he's just that vision is just is magnificent. But I find sometimes when that ball's played into him, his his first touch can be a bit heavy, you know. But um. But again, God, far be it for me to criticise Harry Kane, you know. But uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. And another day, another day, we nicked the, we nicked the point in the, you know, in the in the ninety something minute. So it's uh, yeah, unfortunate. Chris, who would you say is your man of the match today? Well, it's a good question. I thought Hoiberg, I thought, did really well. I think, but Kulisevsky, you know, although he, you know, it sounds he's ridiculous because of because of the, the the length of time he was on the pitch, but he made the difference. He was he was the catalyst for uh, for the for the for the you know not that it materialised into anything, but but he was the catalyst for the for the comeback and that change of momentum and, and impetus going forward. Um, in terms of the players that were probably on the pitch for that, that I mean, I would bet. Probably Bentacore, actually. I think he was. He, I don't think he put a foot wrong. I can't really think of anything, you know, on the ball. It, it, you know, yeah, maybe maybe Bentancore for me. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I think in recent weeks, him and Hoybier have been absolutely sensational for us. Um, Craig, who would you give man of the match to? Uh, for me, it would be very close call between Bentancore and Bissouma. I think Bissouma had one of the best games I've seen in the Spurs shirt since he joined us. So if you push me, I'll probably just say Bissouma. Darren? Uh, Benton Core, I think. Um, he, there was one overhit cross that he did where I shouted and screamed at the TV. There were quite a few of them, actually. But um, his general play was, yeah, like, like everyone's been saying, it's so strong, so strong. And he's got great feet. No matter how tight the area, he always does a couple of little bits and pieces and gets out and gets the pass away. Yeah, wonderful. So after today's results, Tottenham Hotspur are fourth in the Premier League. We now have 26 points from 14 games. Uh, we're now eight points away from um, first place Arsenal and they have a game in hand. Now, the World Cup starts in just two weeks' time. Um, Qatar against um, Ecuador in Group A. Um, Hunmin Son, of course, has just had uh, surgery. Um, Chris, do you think he's going to make it to the World Cup? I yeah I mean I yeah I think he probably will um whether he whether he starts those group games or not I don't know but um but he's their talisman isn't he is their is their shining star and I think obviously he'll be doing everything within his power to get there as 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 will they um so yeah I think I think he probably goes at how how involved he is in the beginning I don't know um He's not been great for us this season, has he? To be fair, I mean, he's he's had he's probably had his worst season so far in a in a Spurs shirt. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how how these players come back from the World Cup, and I think it's going to be a very interesting season. You know, the 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 that sort of the you know second or the end of it, you know, you know, the second part of the season is going to be very interesting, and actually, you'll see. I think you'll see some very interesting results because you know those teams with less international players are actually going to be in a in a really really strong position so you you know you might see you know the villas of this world and and the leicesters and uh, you know actually sort of picking up they they they're not going to necessarily make a real charge for the, the the top but i think they will be instrumental in it by beating 
teams that are vying for those top spots. Um, so I think it's going to be very, yeah, a, a very unique uh, end to the season. And yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it how it all plays out, really. Craig, it is an absolutely crazy time to have a World Cup, isn't it? Mm. Utterly ridiculous. Utterly. Ri- I mean, when, when giving Qatar the World Cup, in my opinion, was utterly ridiculous in the first place. Um, I, you know, because you can't play it in the summer. So World Cup traditionally has always obviously been in the summer, and it, it just gives players who have got little night like sunny. Prime example, season finishes mid-May, World Cup usually starts 9th, 10th of June, that sort of time. They've got enough time to recover, unless they're playing in Champions League final, they've got enough time to recover from small knocks. But now there's been so many games, it's hardly surprising there's been instances of players missing out because they've just played so many games. You know, you're going to see more of this. I mean, hopefully there'll be no more instances of Tottenham players missing out. But it's just ridiculous having a... I just can't get up. I usually love the World Cup. It's one of those things I really, really look forward to. I just haven't got the passion for it at the moment. Perhaps I will once it starts, knowing the the Premiership's finished, just get on with it and support England, absolutely. But it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right at all. Um, Perhaps ask me again in three or four weeks to see how I feel, but I just can't see myself getting excited excited about it. And... um, Mm -hmm. It just seems wrong to me, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's going to seem strange, particularly uh, as so many stars are already missing uh, for their countries with injuries. Now, um, the January transfer window is now 55 days away. Um, what is realistic in this window for Tottenham? And I'm going to ask all of you the same question. Now, recent reports are stating that Spurs are interested in Ruslan Malinovsky for £13 million from Atalanta, a playmaker. Anthony Gordon of Everton for £60 million. Um, are the main targets in this window playmakers and wing-backs? Antonio Conte in his press conference only a couple of days ago said, I don't know what the club will do in January. Life will always be more difficult in England in the future as many clubs will spend big money. It's better to be honest, to tell the truth to the fans, always. Darren, what is realistic for you in this January window? Well, I think for us, um, I think they're the glorious positions, the glaringly obvious positions are the wing-backs. And I would say both right and left, um, if I'm being honest. Right wing-back is clearly a priority for, for the obvious reason. I think um, Sessignon, as I've said before, I think is good up to a point. I think Perisic is getting money. I'm not sure. Is he 34? How old is Perisic? 33, I think. 33. So... You know, his legs aren't as they used to be. He's got a great footballing brain. Um, but I think wing-backs are a priority. And I think, as we've seen today, um, a playmaker. I think that um, Bentoncourt and uh, uh, Hoiberg have been amazing this season. I think Basuma gives us that stability, uh, breaking up the play. But we, we, we need that, that guile, that option. Um, so, for me, the wing-backs and a playmaker in the middle. I think, obviously, Harry and Son, once they fire, everyone knows what they can do. Uh, defensively, Romero, Dyer looks solid when he doesn't give the ball away like today. Um, and Lengele, I like. So, yeah, I would say the wing-backs and that a, 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 a playmaker, uh, an Ericsson in the centre, that, that would be our priority. Right back, fundamentally, get him out. Chris, let's come to you on the same question. What, what is realistic for Tottenham? 
<sighs> well, I mean, you've got to take into consideration that it's January and Tottenham. So I think all, all you know, ordinarily I would be very sceptical of anything significant being done. Um, it's 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 really hard the, the January window, isn't it? You know, it's who's who's looking to offload anyone of any sort of real quality. You know, unless you're why would why would you? You know. Um, the only thing is, if someone's coming to the end of their contract, it's the last opportunity to do it. Um, so it's difficult to do business in the January transfer window, as we're told, and, and has been sort of proven in, in the past. Uh, and then obviously Tottenham are, are you know, historically reluctant to really sort of dig in and, and, and pay the money that's required. Um, but having said that, it does feel like Levy is going to, to, to will have no choice but to back Conte. You know, that's he, he makes it abundantly clear what his expectation levels are, and, and, he, and, he, and he doesn't, you know, he's not diplomatic or political in, in sort of making everybody well aware of, of you know, whether things are being done to his standards or not, you know. So, I, th- I think, and I don't think if this, if this doesn't work for whatever reason, I think, you know. Levy will will never be forgiven, will he? So I think that, and we've progressed to the the the, you know, the last sixteen of the Champions League, and we are in. The, so, it, but but how many times have Tottenham been in the situation where we go, we're just one or two players away from really pushing on, and and you know, getting oh, you know, we we didn't spend when we were second in the league, you know, or top at, at January, you know, uh, is who knows? But but yeah, the wing backs for me. Are, are really important. I mean, a creative player would would obviously be lovely, but I don't know how they fit. You, you, they, I don't know where where they play, if they play, how they play. You know, where where would they where would they sit? Are they, I suppose they because he's. I don't know. In his in his system, there is no ten, is there? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And they, you know, and there's no point in having a creative midfielder if we're all bloody camped outside our box. You know, you'd have to be pretty creative, wouldn't you, to to get us up the pitch from there? You know, so um, so we need it's it's all about those bloody wing backs at that pace. We're on the break and just hurtling down the wings and delivering that final ball. They they are the most important thing. But you know, we've got we've got about four four on each side, haven't we? But just not the right ones. So I don't know. Where do you think the club stand, though, Chris, on backing Antonio Conte in the January window? Because he's only contracted at the club until the end of this season. Yes, yeah. the club have an option to extend for another year, but surely yeah. that's going to be Antonio Conte's choice. Yes. Do you think Conte will be here for the long term for, for Spurs to back him in January? I, I do. I, I, I think he will. I think he, I think he's, he seems, for the most part, Apart from a couple of blips, he seems happy. He's, 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 you know, he's obviously, you know, there's been a, there's been a connection with the fans um, and and some of the players um, for through a variety of different reasons. I think that he does feel to me it feels like I don't know, I have no inside knowledge, but he feels like he is comfortable, happy, and settled here. Um, where else does he go? Um, I mean, obviously, there's lots of talk about him going going back to, to Italy, which, but it's all a, a bit of a mess over there, isn't it? And it was fairly acrimonious when he left. So, I think I think he will stay, and I think you know, hopefully, we you know 
we do back him. But then, you know, in the in the summer, we we came out of the traps fabulously, signed a few players, and it looked like we we're getting our business, you know. And then it just all stopped, didn't it? You know, and it was it was a bit of a forced dawn, a forced dawn that that we were sort of expecting maybe that final push at the end that didn't materialise. Um, I know there's a variety of reasons for that, but uh, but yeah, I, I think I think they do want to back him, but whether they can or will, you know, there are limitations, financial limitations that that we have or impose upon ourselves. Craig, let's come to you on the same subject because Conte said um, about spending money. He's given a clear message that Spurs need to keep up with the other clubs in the Premier League to spend money if we are going to challenge and be successful. Roy writes on screen now, we need a right wing back, a playmaker and a very decent centre-back minimum. Is that too much to expect in January? Probably is, but I don't disagree with what Roy says there. Um, personally, I think, uh, we are talking about Anthony Gordon, I think, the, was it 60 million they want for him? I'm not convinced yeah. he's worth 60 million. Um, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But uh, for me, if we're going for a playmaker, I think we should really make a beeline for Madison. Um, Centre-back... Yep. Bastoni name keeps coming up. Uh, right wing back, I still keep banging the drum and we'll do about Jed Spence until I somebody shows me otherwise. I know we haven't seen much of him, but I've seen enough of him, uh, even against teams last season that are in the Premiership, that I think he's got it in the locker to play that role. I think he'd be ideal for it. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we... Personally, I don't think we can expect loads of business to be done in January. I think we'll get enough done to hopefully get that top four spot. But we undoubtedly, we have got to do business. And I think if there are, God forbid, any injuries during the World Cup, they're going to have to make signings as well. So just keep that in mind. But I would imagine two, three players max coming in and perhaps a couple going out, certainly on loan like Gill and perhaps Emerson. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Two or three uh, would be nice. Um, Darren, how many do you think we're going to get in? God, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I think if he, if he sorts the right back situation out, um, I'll be happy. I haven't got a clue, mate. I think I think that 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 is lacking so badly in that area that I think if we if we got a player, uh, or even like like um, uh, Craig said, you know, give Jed Spence some time, uh, you know, get him started, and then start playing him and using him more. That'd be like another signing, wouldn't it? You know, I, I think that we haven't seen anything of him to. Um, you know, he's there in the squad uh, and he hasn't done anything. So um, either get a right back or start playing Spence. Give Do you know what, what, Darren? He needs. I, I, I'm going to ask the question. Do you think if Jed Spence um, doesn't get game time, do you think that there's a possibility of Spurs loaning him out in January? Well, every possibility. I don't know. I don't see the... I don't understand why he doesn't play him. Let's see what happens against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. On um, on Wednesday, let's see if he gives him minutes. And like, um, was it Craig said? Uh, you made the point about Spence, didn't you, Craig, or was it Chris? Yeah, yeah, Actually, Spence. Yeah, yeah. If he, if he starts or he gives him, you know, a decent amount of time, listen, I don't expect him to be um, Pele, but I mean, he could give uh, he could give a Conte a huge problem, and I think that would be brilliant. Now, next up, of course, the Champions League draw is tomorrow uh, on Monday, 11am UK time. Um, we have six possible opponents in the last 16. Inter Milan, AC Milan, RB Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund, Club Bruges and PSG. The first leg 
uh, will be played on either the 14th, 15th, 21st or 22nd of Feb. The second leg on either the 7th, 8th, 14th, 15th of March. Um, Chris, let's start with you on this one. Um, out of those six possible opponents, who would you like? If you had to choose the opponent, who would you choose? Uh, Club Bruges, please. <laughs> you don't want to see Messi at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? <laughs> Uh, not particularly, <laughs> not this early. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I mean, we'll get whoever we get, and and you know, you, it's that old adage. You know, you've got to, you've got to beat some some big teams if you if you've got any desire to go on. And and sometimes, so, you know, there is that slight thing when you when you when you're the underdog. You know, you raise your game. Sometimes actually playing a team that you are supposed to beat can 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 work against you, can't it? Um, but yeah, FC Club Bruges, please, for me. Craig, who would you like? Do you know, there's part of me that actually wants to, us to play PSG. Um, same, same. You know, uh, because we've not played them, I don't believe, in the Champions League. They're, perhaps it's being sadistic, but uh, I, I really do want us to play the best team. So, and, you know, Club Bruges, I get what you're saying there, Chris, but they, they've been no mugs. You know, they've oh. done really well. You've got to look who was in their group. And they who they got through against. So for me, <laughs> PSG. I would have to say PSG. How do you yeah. think uh, Messi would get on against um, Emerson Royale? Oh, yeah. Emerson! Had, Emerson had have him probably in his pocket, to be honest. So <laughs> I, I that's why I'm not worried. <laughs> 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 oh Darren, who would you like? Club Bruges, fourth in the Belgian league. Thank you very much. Just looking at, um, uh, as you were talking, just doing a, a bit of Googling, PSG are top. They've drawn their last game, won their, 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 the, the, the previous four. They're uh, five points clear. Gee, are you mad, fam? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? You're playing the Champions League because you want to be playing against the best teams in Europe. Yeah, true. But you also want to. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But play against them in the semi-final and final. Don't you know? Not in the last sixteen. Let's get somewhere first. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I look forward to uh, the draw on Monday morning. Now, lastly, our next game, of course, is against Nottingham Forest away in the Carabao Cup third round. Uh, it will take place on Wednesday at the City Ground, seven forty-five p.m. kickoff. Now, including this game, if we win four games, we are then in the final. And, of course, it was our last uh, cup that we won back in 2008. Um, too long, in my opinion. Um, surely, realistically, this is the best chance of a trophy this season for Antonio Conte, isn't it, Chris? It feels like, yeah, well, certainly it's uh, it's on paper a simpler trophy to win, isn't it? You know, um, and, yeah, it's something that we should be going all out and... and we're, but whether we've got the, you know, he doesn't, he he doesn't trust enough, you know, other players in and around that squad. So whether he's gonna, how much rotation he will do or not, I don't know. And and Forest, it's um, it's away, isn't it? Forest away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's no, that's no easy, uh, you know, no easy game, is it? No easy fixture. But hopefully they will, you know put out a, a slightly weakened side. But yeah, we've got to, you know, to, to win a trophy, that's what he's here for. That's that's what we need to do. I think we've got to we've got to just get something under our belt. And it and and you've seen what what an impact that can have on teams. You know, once you win one, you get that taste for it and, and hopefully you kick on. Obviously it didn't work for Spurs. You know, we didn't win a game for God knows how long after winning that, did we? But uh but yeah, it's it's something that we should definitely be throwing throwing everything at. <laughs> 
I agree, uh, because I tell you what, um, I, I know you want to give players like Jed Spence a chance, but I, if I was Antonio Conte, would go with the best possible eleven for this game. Because when I say about realistically, it's the best chance of us winning a trophy this season. Um, round four is week commencing 19th of uh, December. Uh, round five, week commencing the 9th of January. The semi-finals are in January as well. And the final is the 26th of Feb. Now, apart from the final, all the games that we play before uh, Champions League football again um, is in um, February and March, um, which is the last 16. Craig, trophies are way overdue at Tottenham. And this is a great chance of Antonio Conte putting a trophy in the cabinet, isn't it? It is, it is. And uh, like you said, I didn't realise four games. I mean, well, then you're in the final. Um, it, is a, it is a great chance. It is a great chance. And um, it wouldn't it be lovely just to be in that competition still um, in the new year and just, just turn Forest over and just get the job done? Uh, to be honest, I think their priority is going to be staying in the Premier League. So I'm pretty sure they're going to rotate players as well. You know, we, we will, obviously. Um, but, you know, they're, they're going to have a weakened team out. Uh, we should have enough to beat Forest either way, to be honest. But, uh, but yeah, Chris, I'm going to have to drop off now, unfortunately. Um, my dinner's just arrived, so it's, it's nothing interesting. It's not going to watch I'm a Celebrity or anything like that. So um, I'll quickly give you my score prediction because I know you was going to ask me for it. Um, I think we will beat Forest 2-0 and I think we will beat Leeds 2-1. So I think we'll win. We'll finish before the World Cup with two wins. So, so yeah, I'm going to finish on a higher note. <laughs> well, Craig, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again soon. No worries. Sorry to drop off, but uh, stomach's rumbling. But lovely to be on as always, Chris. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Darren. Um, Nottingham Forest away Wednesday is going to be difficult. Do you think Antonio Conte will make a number of changes from today's lineup? Um, it- Probably will, but I mean, you know, if you know, for example, if he starts with Hill, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, you know, I think, um, if he starts with Hill, if he starts with Spence, I'm just trying to think who else could he rotate. If he starts with Doherty, you know, I'd, I'd be happy, but I, I completely agree with you. He's got to go balls to the wall with this. I wouldn't, um, you know, it's it, it's an absolute um, must that we win something this season. It's been long overdue, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, we, we don't. Yeah, we got the luxury of being in all the competitions, so that's nothing to complain about. But in, but in a lot of respects, you know, we're not your man cities. And, um, you know, we haven't won anything since 2008. So you've got to take everything seriously, absolutely everything. Um, I don't think you can Mickey Mouse. And, you know, if he does get far in this competition, hypothetically, if we win it, it will give him more inclination to uh, kick on and do more with us. So it will just bode well for the future. Darren, what score predictions are you going for for our next couple of games before the World Cup starts? Oh, God. Um, OK, so uh, we are away at Forest. We haven't got Son. Uh, we won't have Romero. Let's say 2-1 against Forest. And then Leeds, they are... God, they're not doing too good at the moment, are they? They've um, they've lost their last three. Uh, go on, then. 3-0 against Leeds. Why not? Chris, what are you thinking? I think we're going to go a goal down both games. Um, <laughs> Do it the then, Tottenham way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then come back and, and win win both games. Um, I think probably two one and then three one. I would say two one two one against Forest and then three one against Leeds or three one against both. But we will go a goal down in both games. That's my 
Leeds only play one way, don't they? It's just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win uh, at Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup Wednesday and a 3-1 win against Leeds. Um, now, Chris and Darren, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Um, Chris, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and uh, you've got a book out as well. Uh, yeah, t- uh, two cookbooks out, Good Food Sorted and uh, Fake Away, uh, which are available in all good bookshops and some bad ones. Um, and on, I'm just checking now, actually, so I don't give you the wrong one. Uh, Instagram is chris.bavin and Twitter, I think, is something similar. So, yeah, give me a follow. Um, always happy to to chat to, to Spurs fans on, on social media. So, yeah, give me a follow. Say hello. Well, it's been great having you here and uh, hopefully one day we can get you back uh, when Tottenham have uh, won. Wouldn't that be nice? Thank you for having me. Lovely to talk to you. No worries at all. And Darren, thanks so much for coming back and uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, Twitter, Darren Altman, at Darren Altman. Um, Instagram's a bit more convoluted. And what am I up to? Doing my voiceovers, um, doing my impressions. Uh, I've got an awards ceremony I'm presenting, hosting in London. Uh, just busy sort of in the studio, really. This is this is where I work. So, yeah, thankfully, it's all right. It's all good. Now, of course, you used to come on here a lot and do the Boris Johnson. Are you working mm. on your Rishi? Uh, Rishi Sunak. Yeah, he's not too dissimilar to Tony Blair. He's got those sort of S's. And even though he's sort of posh, he, he's, he, he thinks he's like one of the people, you know. So I think with a lot of work and getting those S's that he's got, you know, uh, hopefully I'll be able to crack on with the politician's thumb and Rishi Sunak. Yeah. So I've got to work on him. <laughs> well, Darren and Chris, and of course to Craig, thanks so much for joining me this evening, uh, talking about the game tonight. And thanks to everybody else um, for all of your support and comments this evening. We will be back on Wednesday after hopefully Tottenham Hotspur have beaten Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup. Thanks so much and come on you Spurs. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, mate, bro. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right now, 90% of healthcare providers still depend on manual processes. We need to change this stat, stat. At RICO, we capture, connect, and secure unstructured data to unlock the power of your information. This helps providers speed up intake, ensure accurate information, and optimize operations. To us, there's no such thing as TMI. RICO, imagine change. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 